0: And we are live with the Standing Room Spartans podcast. My sincerest apologies. This is coming out uh, a day late, so I, I really do apologize for that. I try to to be timely with this. I try to get every Monday and Thursday throughout the season here, but uh, I am a little peek behind the curtain here. I am a, a teacher, and we got some end of the semester, end of the the you know school year kind of paperwork stuff, and it's been a, a huge pain in my ass. So here we are on a Tuesday, I'm recording this early Tuesday morning. So we got some updated information here for, uh, wow, uh, some, some roster turnover here. We, we knew it was coming. Uh, we knew the transfer portal was going to be something that Mel Tucker was going to utilize uh, with National Signing Day around the corner, too. It, it, was, uh, it was a big weekend. Uh, since we talked to you on Thursday, a lot has happened. Uh, man, it, it's, it's been a wild ride. So basically, I, I'm going to break this down kind of position by position. Um, who's who's leaving, who's coming in since uh, we recorded on Thursday, which, you know, in, in what is that four days, a lot's happened. So we'll get to all of that. I want to start real quick with the announcement that Michigan State uh, has opted out of any bowl consideration, any any bowl game participation? Uh, look, I I get it. It does. It is kind of frustrating just from the standpoint of Mel Tucker at a press conference less than two weeks ago, saying that yeah, you know, we we want to play football, we want to do everything we can to play. I, again, like man, I'm I'm not going to hold anything against anybody this season, man. It's it's been a grind. It's been a whole lot of adversity that these kids have had to fight through with covid testing every day with quarantines with you know not being able to do anything socially and you know while the rest of the world is also dealing with that it's it's tough man for for a 20 year old kid you know he's in the best shape of his life he's he's in the best uh environment of his life at Michigan state playing football like this is supposed to be an awesome time for these kids. And they're they've had to fight through this season and it's been a dog fight every single week, just trying to get on the field, let alone trying to win games. So look, I, I get it. Um, the Maryland game being canceled was certainly frustrating as a fan uh, just, you know, wanting to see one more game with the way the season ended at Penn state. Uh, it is kind of frustrating with the way we played in the second half in that game and and that being the, the lasting impression that we're going to have to wait another, hopefully not eight or nine months before we see us on the field again. Hopefully we get uh, a relatively normal spring practice, a spring game. Um, it's, I would imagine that we're probably not going to have fans in the stands for the spring game at the very least. Uh, you know, it will probably be again, you know, friends and family. I don't really expect the, the COVID situation to be, uh, you know, fixed by then, but hopefully next fall, we'll see you guys uh, at East at Spartan stadium. We'll, we'll see you guys. Um, we'll be tailgating right in front of the engineering building as always. So, Um, you know, hope to see some of you, some of you this time next year, but that's, it's been a frustrating season. It's, it's been a lot of adversity. So to, to opt out of the bowl game, which realistically, were we even going to be invited to one? That's a different story. Um, but it, it is frustrating, but I do understand that. So I wanted to get that out of the way. And now Man, let let's talk about this roster turnover. So, like I said, we're we're gonna kind of do this position by position. Uh, there was so much that happened. We'll we'll start with the quarterbacks here. About five minutes after Scott and I stopped recording the Thursday episode, where if you listen back to it, right at the end of the podcast, we start talking about this quarterback situation. Um, you know, do we land a transfer? Do we even go after a transfer? Scott was, was making the argument that, Hey, you know, there, there's some value to stability at the position and, and having Peyton Thorne be the starter going into this off season, uh, can, can really bring some value to this inexperienced team with a, a huge lack of stability. Uh, and, and I was kind of arguing that I, I prefer competition everywhere around the roster, And, well, about five minutes after we stopped recording, Anthony Rousseau announces his transfer to Michigan State. This is an experienced quarterback coming in from Temple. He's started, what, 26, 27 games at Temple, thrown for over 6,000 yards, thrown for over 40 touchdowns. And are the stats perfect? No. 44 touchdowns to 32 interceptions. You'd certainly like to see that number go down. Now, again, I'm not going to blame all of this on his talent at the receiver position at Temple, but in in watching a lot of Temple football over the last couple of days, just to get a feel for for uh, Anthony Russo and what he can bring to the table, there were multiple interceptions that I saw just from watching a couple of games that were, you know, he throws it, the receiver drops it, it bounces up in the air. Defensive back makes a play on the ball off a tip trill. There were a few of those. So obviously between 32 interceptions, you're going to get some bad throws. But, uh, you know, mixed in, there were a couple that weren't his fault. So uh, take that for what you will. Not a dual threat guy, certainly. Um, he's, He's ran for 25 yards in his three years starting. So that's not something you're going to be looking for with Rousseau. Um, now he, he does have seven touchdowns on the ground. So, you know, he's got a big body, six, four, almost 240 pounds. So, you know, you get him into some of those QB sneak situations and he can certainly take advantage, but he's not a guy that's going to bring any threat with his legs at all. Um, which is something again, a little bit different from what we have in Peyton Thorne. And again, it, it, it all comes down to the, the question of, do you prefer stability or competition? Me, I, I prefer competition. Let, let's roll these guys out there and, and see who fares the best in camp, see who plays well in the spring game, and, and see who can earn this job. And, and I do think Peyton Thorne, given the way he's played a couple uh, a couple of these games, will have a real shot at the starting position. And I I just think that competition brings everybody up. It's um, – i i I don't subscribe to the belief that well, you know he's always gonna have to be looking over his shoulder worrying about every throw that he makes. I think he's gonna approach this situation as okay, you're gonna bring in another guy. I'm gonna show you why I'm the starting quarterback and, and that this kid's gonna transfer in to sit on the bench and he's gonna attack this off season. he's gonna be watching film every day. he's gonna be working out like a fiend. And that's what competition does. And not to say, again, I mentioned it on Thursday, not to say that, you know, he would get lazy or that he would, you know, kind of rest on his laurels. I I don't think he's that type of kid, but competition brings out the best in people. And so bringing in Anthony Rousseau, whether that means Anthony Rousseau will start, whether that means Peyton Thorne will start, I don't know. Uh, These are two completely different quarterbacks. Again, Peyton Thorne does a lot more with his legs, but Anthony Rousseau doesn't bring that. Um, Peyton Thorne is, is, uh, uh, you know, quick game passer. He's he's somebody who's going to get the ball out quick on time, uh, in rhythm for the receivers. And we've seen some of that the last couple of weeks here when, when he gets out on the field, it's a lot of quick passing game. It's accurate, but Anthony Rousseau has got a little bit more of an arm to him. He's, he's got some more of the field available to him. Um, and, and what I mean by that is when, when defensive coordinators are game planning against some of these quarterbacks, they know what kind of arm talent they have. So if you're bringing in a Peyton Thorne, a guy that we've seen not necessarily have the biggest arm, um, that allows a defensive coordinator to, to basically say, okay, when, when we're on, let's say, the right hash mark, we don't have to worry about playing these guys like outside the numbers on the left hash. We don't really have to worry about covering guys 50 yards down the field uh, outside on the numbers on the sideline, because that throw is just not one that we've seen this kid make. So it it does condense the field a little bit from the defensive coordinator's perspective. It, it does allow them to kind of focus elsewhere where Anthony Rousseau's got a little bit bigger of an arm. He, he's a kid who has more of the ability to stretch the field a little bit vertically, um, get the ball out with some zip to the sideline to the opposite hash. So um, he he would force a defensive coordinator to to guard a little bit more of the field. Uh, but again, you don't have to worry about that running threat. So it's it's a really interesting dichotomy between these two quarterbacks to see who's going to end up coming out on top. Um, and what Mel Tucker prefers, I think these are two solid quarterbacks. I think these are two competitive kids. Um, and I'm really interested to see how this plays out. I really hope we get some spring football to, to watch this thing play out now, you know, elsewhere in the quarterback position, obviously we brought in Hampton Fay. He signed his letter of intent. He'll be coming in, uh, as a true freshman, he's enrolling early. So we're going to have, um, these, these guys battle, battling it out you're going to have Theo Day uh, you know again is somebody that I I don't think is really in line for the starting spot just just because we we haven't seen him on the field we haven't seen him really get the opportunity and I think maybe there's a reason uh for that and of course you got Noah Kim who's who's kind of the the odd man out whenever people are talking about the QB position but Rocky Lombardi does announce his uh his transfer name, I guess. I don't know how to put that. Well, he does enter the transfer portal. There we go. Um, So Rocky Lombardi, you know, with one foot out the door, entering the transfer portal. I understand it from his perspective. He's, you know, he got kind of overtaken by Peyton Thorne at the end of the season. Mel Tucker did say before the, the Maryland game, while it was still on, that Peyton Thorne was going to start that game whether Rocky was healthy or not. I think Rocky might've seen the writing on the wall a little bit there. And then once we brought in Anthony Rousseau from Temple, um, he, he basically said, all right, I'm not going to stick around here and be the third quarterback on this roster. Um, which, you know, it's interesting. I, I, the, the thing that Mel Tucker kept preaching on Rocky Lombardi was that he's the most competitive player on the roster. Um, but. Uh, look, it, again, I, I understand it from his perspective. You want to go somewhere where you're getting the opportunity to play. And, and again, I'm not going to criticize anybody for entering the transfer portal and putting them in a better position to to play some football. And where that is for Rocky Lombardi is going to be interesting. The, there was uh, an article on rivals um, by uh, who who was it that, that detailed this? I think it was Jim Camperoni. Uh, who said there's there's like 60 quarterbacks in the transfer portal right now? So, um, how valuable is Rocky Lombardi? Is he going to be a priority for some of these, um, you know, group of five schools? That that's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. I I think he's somebody who could go to the MAC and, and be a pretty solid player. I, I just I don't think he's a power five quarterback. And if that makes me a bad guy for believing that, then then so be it. I, I just we've seen enough of him on the field to to make me believe that he's better suited in a lower level of competition and that's okay you know not not everybody is a, is a power 5 player there are very few people alive that can play football at the level that these kids play we have to remember that sometimes you know, when when we're criticizing some of these players and saying, "Oh, like, oh, he would he would barely start at Central Michigan." Well, most of us wouldn't start at Central Michigan, so let's remember that. But, um, you know, we, wish him the best. Uh, he he did bring us the that win over Michigan. He did bring us Paul Bunyan, so you know we'll always appreciate him for that. But, um, that that's going to be interesting. So this quarterback room now you you're looking at Peyton Thorne and Anthony Rousseau. Hampton Fay coming in, Theo Day and Noah Kim still on the roster. I would imagine that that we're going to see maybe a Theo Day. We're going to see another transfer uh, between Theo Day and, and Noah Kim. I, I would be pretty surprised if both of them stuck it out, kind of seeing the writing on the wall there. Uh, but Anthony Rousseau, he's got one year of eligibility. So, you know, as far as a long-term answer, he's not it. So whether that's Peyton Thorne, whether that's Hampton Faye, uh, they both have a ton of eligibility left. So we'll see how that plays itself out. Uh, the running back spot. So we brought in a, a big time transfer. We got Harold Joyner out of Auburn. And this was a kid that if you follow Michigan State recruiting, uh, Michigan State was in his top, top five, top eight, whatever it was. He, he was in the mix. Uh, for Harold Joyner, where we were in the mix for Harold Joyner back in 2018 when when he was coming out of high school. Ended up going to Auburn, but he has basically the entire SEC was has, had offered this kid a scholarship. His final visits were Auburn, LSU, and UCLA to give you the type of idea, to give you an idea of the type of recruit he was. And he's a big dude. He's an athletic dude got on the field just a little bit at, at Auburn over the last two years he played in nine games just over a hundred rushing yards a couple touchdowns uh seven yards a carry which is certainly intriguing but on a very small sample size. so I, I don't want to look too much into that but he's a he's a big physical running back he's like six foot four 220 pounds. Um, I think he's going to bring a little bit more of that Le'Veon Bell, of that LJ Scott mentality compared to what we might have on the roster right now. And I, I think it's it's going to be really interesting to see how we use him because uh, Jordan Simmons, I think he played his best game of the season at Penn State. And that's somebody that I think I, I have some optimism going into the offseason as a lead back, as a true freshman Harold Joyner comes in with three more years of eligibility and and using these two as as your, you know, one two punch, I think can be really dynamic. You have two uh two players both from no, uh, Harold Joyner from Alabama, Jordan Simmons from Georgia. Uh, but two players from the south, two players that that are incredibly athletic, two players that I really think are, you know, upper tier Power 5 running backs at their peak. So I I love the running back room going forward. Um, obviously, the the wild card here is Eli Collins, right? You know, we have one year of seeing him run for almost a thousand yards, and we have run year one year of seeing him be the the third or fourth running back on a bad running football team. So, where does Eli Collins fit into this? It is going to be very interesting. But for right now, that running back position. I think is is going to be one of the strongest on the roster, really. Um, I, I think that that's between Harold Joyner and Jordan Simmons. We have two guys with three plus years of eligibility and, and two guys that are extremely talented. So I uh, really love to see that. That was kind of a surprise to see him um, announce his commitment to Michigan State. But again, it's, it's a, a school that he was already invested in. A little bit back in the day and mel tucker and uh jay johnson were both on the staff and we're offering him a scholarship at georgia as well so um, that's going to be an interesting position to keep an eye on here over now since we recorded thursday nothing new at the wide receiver or the tight end positions cameron allen comes in Um, He he signed his letter of intent uh, just recently as a tight end from Texas, somebody that I really like a whole lot, somebody that I think can compete for some early playing time there at the tight end position. But next up, we go to the offensive line where there was uh, some some incoming, some outgoing. Uh, So we'll start with the outgoing and that's Devante Dobbs. That, that was a big name that, that people really latched on to for the last couple of years and myself included. You know, he was a, a highly rated recruit. But at the end of the day, for whatever reason, it didn't work out. And again, that's OK. Um, you know, we we criticize these kids too much for, for deciding to enter transfer portals to leave and find greener pastures elsewhere. Sometimes the opportunity just doesn't work out. Sometimes the coaching staff change. Um, it, it is something that the player wasn't ready for. And that's okay. Um, and Devonte Dobbs is heading to Memphis uh, with Julian Barnett, who we'll get to. Um, but those two are going together, two of the Belleville three, as we're calling them. Um, it's going to be... Uh, I, I There was a lot of criticism of Mel Tucker when Devonte Dobbs decided to leave. Um, I, I withheld that because I think that again, sometimes the opportunity just doesn't fit. And look, the reality of the situation is we saw very little of Devonte Dobbs on the field. So everybody on Twitter, everybody on Facebook, everybody on the, the rivals and 24, seven message boards that are criticizing the staff for not finding a way to get this talented player on the field. Maybe he's not that good. Uh, Like that, that was something that was really driving me crazy. Like our opinion of, of this was basically saying like, well, we got a five-star kid. We got a four-star kid. How do we not get these kids on the field? We, we have to remember, and we, we criticize Michigan for this all the time. Sometimes four and five-star guys aren't that good. And, and like, that's okay. Sometimes the scouting services miss. Sometimes the kids are just six foot six, 300 pounds against high schoolers, and it's hard to tell how good they really are. Um, <clears throat> So I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I like to withhold judgment on stuff like that. I, again, Devonte Dobbs going to Memphis. I wish him the best. I, I hope he has a productive career. There were some rumblings around the program that, you know, maybe his love of the game was in question and and some of that kind of stuff. So, uh, again, I'm not going to criticize a coaching staff for allowing a player like that to leave. Uh, again, is the talent there? Maybe we're not really sure though. I, I don't think it's fair to criticize a coaching staff for not getting a guy on the field that they didn't even recruit in the first place that some scouting service gave a four-star rating to, and maybe this coaching staff didn't see that uh, on the field. So Devontae Dobbs is out. Uh, Jarrett Horst comes in from Arkansas State. Now, uh, again, a guy with a ton of eligibility. I think three years of eligibility left, and he's already started 19 games in his college career. Uh, going into this season uh his his freshman year he was uh a an all sun belt type of guy uh came into this season as an outland trophy watch list uh preseason you know first team all sun belt stuff like that um and and by all accounts played pretty well uh you know i i'm not gonna lie to you i haven't Really popped on a whole lot of the tape here at, at Arkansas State to see what Jarrett Horst is all about. I, I watched some some clips here and there, but uh, from, from the initial kind of uh, reaction, it, he looks like a big athletic kid. Uh, and that's something that we could really use along the offensive line. He played a lot of left tackle there. I would imagine we're going to be moving him to the right side. Uh, but it is going to be nice to get some experience, to get some stability at one of these tackle spots. I would be pretty surprised if this was uh, wasn't a kid that that started right away. I, I think that he has the ability, six foot six, over three hundred pounds, uh, and again has played really well uh, in his time at at Arkansas State. I think he's a kid who could jump in and start right away on an offensive line that, well, struggled. Uh, Chris Kapilovich made this kid a priority. Uh, and when you see, okay, well, he's coming from Arkansas state. What does that really mean? Oklahoma, Texas, Mississippi state. Uh, there were a lot of kids. There were a lot of schools after this kid. So I, I think this is a big get for the, for the staff. Um, as far as the new transfers that are coming in, when you look at Anthony Rousseau, when you look at Harold Joyner, when you look at Jarrett Horst, he might be the most impactful from day one because he might be your starting right tackle going into 2021. So. I think this was a big get for this staff. I think this is going to be one that that really makes an impact there uh anchoring one of this one of these offensive line spots, one of these uh, offensive tackle spots even more importantly. Um defensive line, uh nothing new there. I, I believe we already talked about uh Naquan Jones deciding to uh enter the NFL draft here coming up in 2021 on Thursday, so we'll, we will uh skip that. <clears throat> Of note, I guess, you know, it's, it's not something that's, uh, you know, anybody incoming or, or outgoing, but I thought it was interesting. Um, Jalen hunt is, is going to stay. Uh, he, he's like the only remaining Belleville guy on the team. Obviously Julian Barnett being gone, Devonte Dobbs being gone, um, uh, Davion Williams being gone. So, uh, he, him deciding to stay means maybe we haven't burned all of our bridges in Belleville, uh, but I thought that was worth noting here that that Jalen Hunt uh, will be sticking around East Lansing, and and that's a a great sign because he's a really talented football player. So I, I wanted to make a note of that. Now, at the linebacker spot, we've had quite a bit of movement around the roster as well. Obviously, we talked about uh, Ma <clears throat> uh deciding to uh, flip his commitment from USC to Michigan State and bring an impact linebacker from day one as a true freshman i i really believe next year and and, you know we'll see what happens with his older brother uh, potentially looking at michigan state to to join his brother um, linebacker at usc right now but uh, as far as our current roster stands jess lord bowatang is out he decided to enter the transfer portal a couple days ago uh, this is quite interesting. This is one I didn't really see coming, to be honest with you, because the playing time seems to be available. Uh, with the other announcement at the linebacker spot, Antoine Simmons deciding to, to really nobody's surprise to join uh, the ranks of the NFL to, to declare his name for the NFL draft in 2021. So with Antoine Simmons out, there's, I, I think every bit of competition for playing time available. So just Lord Boateng deciding to enter the transfer portal was pretty surprising for me. Um, is it a scheme fit? Uh, you know, the, he was recruited under Mark D'Antonio to play a four, three. Now he's coming in and, and playing a four five. Was there a scheme mismatch there that, that just doesn't work out for him? Uh, I would be pretty surprised by that. He's a pretty athletic kid. He's got some good size, so I think he would be <clears throat> pretty scheme versatile. So that that was surprising for me that Boateng decided to enter the transfer portal. But that leaves a pretty big hole at the linebacker spot, man. Uh, even with Nauteote coming in, uh, we're we're gonna need his older brother too because uh, we we don't have a whole lot of depth at that spot right now uh basically we're looking at you know Luke Fulton also deciding to enter the transfer portal now he had some some legal issues so that was certainly uh not surprising i think we we kind of saw that coming from a mile away but right now you're looking at Noah Harvey who i've criticized a whole lot I, I just don't think he's a he's a very good football player to be completely honest shows a couple flashes here and there but you know his processing of the game is Leaves a lot to be desired. Um, so, you got behind him, I guess, Chase Klein. Um, you got Nate Ote coming in. You have uh, Devin Hightower, who was who a true freshman this year, Cal Holiday. Uh, and then we brought in uh, another freshman here in, in the 2021 class, Carson Castile out of Alabama. So, <clears throat> that's going to be one of those positions that we're going to be talking about quite a bit in this offseason to see who can lock down those two spots um, in this 4-2-5 offense or defense. Uh, the, the linebacker position is extremely important. When you only have two of those guys out on the field, they're going to have to make an impact. They're going to have to constantly be making plays, something that Antoine Simmons displayed beautifully. I've talked so much about Antoine Simmons. I don't want to get too much into it. You know, As we, as we get into draft season, I'll start kind of giving some opinions uh, about – you know my take. You know my my opinions of him. He's a outstanding football player, the best Michigan State linebacker I've seen in quite some time, and that includes Max Bola, Riley Bola, Joe Bacci. Uh, He he's just stud, man, all over the field, making plays in coverage. Uh, you know, against up at, at the line of scrimmage, behind the line of scrimmage, kid was just outstanding. I I really think he's got a good shot to go somewhere in the second or third round, um, when, when the NFL scouts, you know, really start to sit down and evaluate these kids. I, I don't see why he wouldn't be given every opportunity in the NFL. So I'm um, really excited to kind of see what the buzz is as he has now announced his name. And as the NFL season is kind of winding down here, uh, the draft talk is going to start picking up in a little bit. So I, I will kind of give you, you know, what people are saying about him, because I follow a lot of folks in the draft community. That's something that I've, uh, you know, really delved into over the last few years. It's, it's, uh, I guess you could say a hobby of mine. Uh, Marshall and I put out like seven round mock drafts every year. We love this stuff. So, um, I'll kind of share with you as, as it comes along, what the national, media are saying about Antoine Simmons, what some of the the you know behind the scenes NFL scouts and GMs, what the buzz is on him. Um, we'll we'll get you all of that. But certainly opens up some holes at the linebacker position. That that's for sure. Uh last up we have the defensive backs. Uh, there was um yeah, Davion Williams and Julian Barnett, both out of Belleville, both guys that are entering the transfer portal. Julian Barnett uh, decided to take his talents to Memphis, uh, along with Devonte Dobbs. Those two are are kind of a package deal, it seems. Davion Williams hasn't announced anywhere as far as where he's going to be playing next year, but um, the, with Julian Barnett, it's the same deal as as with Devonte Dobbs. Man, uh, it's is it frustrating? Yeah, but. I'm not going to criticize a kid for leaving. I'm not going to criticize a staff for allowing a kid to leave when, when we have very little information, especially with Mel Tucker compared to a lot of other schools and and compared to even Mark D'Antonio about what's going on behind closed doors. Mel Tucker has been very quiet uh, about a lot of this stuff, but whether it's injuries whether it's it's player performance, whether it's practice, uh, he's been pretty quiet uh, you know he doesn't really give a lot of information. So what's going on behind closed doors we don't really know. and um, Julian Barnett deciding to leave, I think our, opinion is a little bit, you know, we saw him line up at wide receiver last year and, and play pretty well. And we saw, okay, this is a kid, highly rated recruit comes in as a true freshman makes an impact. This is a building block cornerstone type of guy that, that you're going to build the the next three to four years of, of this program on the back of a kid like that. And so when he leaves uh, one calendar year later, yeah, it's it certainly is frustrating, but we didn't really see him at corner. So that that's one of the things that gives me pause is even in a game like Indiana that that we've talked about, where we were out three defensive backs in that game. I think Julian Barnett wound up with like six snaps. Like he just he wasn't able to get on the field, and whatever the reason for that is, whether it's it's a, a lack of ability at the defensive back position, whether that's, you know, some sort of philosophical issue between him and the coaching staff. I don't know. And I don't think that's something that we're ever going to know, but is it frustrating again? Yes. But is it understandable on both parties? Yeah. Uh, Mel Tucker's looking to get his guys in the building. Um, and, and, whether that means it's coming at an expense of the guys that are currently there or not, um, you know, you can agree or disagree with that. But uh, he's just somebody who hasn't really shown that those flashes at the defensive back position as he did at the wide receiver position. And I don't know, did he want to play wide receiver? Did he want to play corner? We'll probably find out at Memphis, but, uh, that's going to be, it's, it's going to be a knock on Mel Tucker and the staff in the public perception. But again, just like I said with Devonte Dobbs, I, I don't think it's really fair to hold judgment on something that we don't really know a whole lot about. So Davion Williams, his former high school teammate at Belleville, um, does join him again. Another guy who just, he kind of struggled to get on the field here Early in his career, um, you know he was what a redshirt sophomore, <clears throat> so he had plenty of eligibility left. He had plenty of time to compete for that spot, um, but decided to to move on to greener pastures elsewhere, and that's okay. Um, so that that leaves a bit of a gap uh, here at the defensive backfield. Um, you you have guys like Kalon Gervin coming back, who I think have a lot of talent. Um, you have Chris Jackson, who you know was scolded a little bit by Mel Tucker. It seems he he hasn't you know decided to enter the transfer portal or anything or leave yet. um but there there did seem to be some kind of issues going on there., uh, something that we'll have to follow a little bit, but he's a kid, I think has plenty of talent. And we'll see who else emerges. We were bringing in five defensive backs in this twenty twenty one class. We saw Angelo Gross show flashes of of potential stardom down the line, so I think that's going to be a, a building block on that defensive backfield. Uh, Darius Snow is somebody that we haven't really seen on the field as a whole lot yet, but he did make a little bit of an impact here as a true freshman. He's somebody I think the staff is looking to get on the field. Um, I, I think we're going to have to find a replacement for Trey Person if possible, at the free safety spot. I, I just think he didn't play that great this year. Um, you know, if he makes improvements over the off season and, and we're comfortable going into next year with him as the starter, then so be it. I, I just think there has to be a better spot available on the roster. Obviously Xavier Henderson's going to be back next year. As far as we know, he hasn't said anything about declaring for the NFL draft. I think he definitely would be better served coming back next year. Anyway, I would be really surprised if he left. I just don't think he's ready yet. I think as we stand right now, he might be a sixth or seventh round pick at best, uh, where if he comes back, puts together you know, his best season next year, he could be a guy who you're looking at in the third or fourth round. I think he has all the talent in the world, but he's got to clean up some of this stuff. Um, he's got to be a little bit more consistent tackling, and, uh, I think he's got the athletic ability. Um, he's got the football instincts for sure, but it's just got to clean up some of that stuff next year, come back, uh, make an impact. And I think he'll be an NFL guy in the future. So <clears throat> while, uh, we are losing Davion Williams, while we are losing, uh, Julian Barnett, I think the future is still bright at the defensive back spot. Uh, I'm not really as worried about that group as I am, say the linebackers, um so we'll we'll continue to keep you guys updated. We are in the running for some defensive backs in the transfer portal right now. Um th- there hasn't been a whole lot of noise about that yet, but um we'll see. Uh, again, there there hasn't really been a whole lot of noise about any of these kids in the transfer portal besides now Teote and I think that's just because, you know, hey, we got his brother, maybe we can sign the older one, but <clears throat> you know, Anthony Rousseau kind of came out of nowhere. Um Jarrett Horst kind of came out of nowhere. Harold Joyner just came out of nowhere. We weren't really, like, prepared for, for any of these guys. So um, we'll we'll continue to, to just kind of watch and see. I think there's going to be another four, five, six guys from Michigan State that are going to enter the transfer portal and, and leave the school. And I think we're going to try to bring in another, you know, one, two, three, four guys even. Um, last year, Maryland, Greg Schiano comes in or, uh, Rutgers, Greg Shiano comes in. He brought in seven dudes off the transfer portal, reloaded that roster a little bit and they started competing right away at a, at a level we haven't seen from them in, in quite a few years. So, um, I think it's a really effective way to build the roster and the type of guys that you want to bring in as a new coaching staff. So we'll continue to follow that and update you as we go along <clears throat> again, Everybody, I apologize for being a little a little bit late on this one. We we had some issues come up, um, but uh, this will be uh, the start of the off here. So we'll be going to once a week pods uh, through the whole off season. We'll we'll make sure we keep you guys informed at what's going on. We'll give you guys some fun off season topics. We'll get into the postseason superlative awards. We'll get into the postseason kind of grades. For each of the the spots on the roster, we'll we'll start getting into all that here soon. So if you don't already, make sure you subscribe. Uh, make sure you uh, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps me out. <clears throat> follow on Twitter at Standing Room MSU, on Instagram at Standing Room Spartans. As always, follow Scott as well. He's not able to join me today. You know, traveling with some family for Christmas. Um, follow him at Spartan Martin eighteen. Um, and we will be back next week, you know, we'll, we'll see what kind of roster turnover happens from now until then. And and we'll probably start getting into our, uh, kind of off season post season content, um, here as, as our season is effectively over. Um, just glad that we got some football in and we were able to watch. We beat Michigan, we beat a top 10 Northwestern team so that there was some bright spots to take out of this weird, awkward season. Uh, And here we are on the other side of it. So have yourselves a, a great holiday season. Have a Merry Christmas. If you are one who subscribes to that belief, happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa happy new year, all of that stuff. We'll see you guys next week. I think actually probably before the new year. Now that I'm thinking about it, it should be, yeah, the 28th is before new year. So we'll see you before then, but, uh, have a happy Christmas, new year, not new year, Jesus. It's early guys. I'm sorry. Have a great week. Let's just leave it there. Take care folks.